the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. And now, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Paul George, a 30-year-plus real estate agent. 30 years plus, goodness. A 30-year-plus real estate agent who helps people buy, sell, and build homes in the central Ohio area. Um, we're also going to add a little a little thing to that, too, at the end of it, and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Today, the one question I have when somebody says, Paul, it's about time for us to list our house. And the number one question is, what am I going to do with all my stuff? Um, today, hopefully, we're going to come up with some answers for you. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk about what's going on in the real estate market. Um this time of year, I get the clients just like I was talking about there where they say, okay, we need to sell our house. But now they're kind of just thinking about it. I talked about this before, but it's been happening more and more. I've been on a lot of appointments lately, which kind of is the harbinger of what might be coming next year. Because I think there's going to be a few more houses coming on the market next year. Because people, it's about that time. Either the kids have moved out, the parents have moved out, uh, the parents need to move down, something like that. So um, when we go over there, um, I see a lot of stuff, and it's hard to tell people who kind of get snow blind to it because they've been living with it for 10, 20, 30 years. Um, when you accumulate all that stuff, of course, then it comes to me to say, what am I going to do with it? And, you know, the kids still kind of use mom and dad's house as a warehouse. They still have all their stuff there. <laughs> I have personally, I have generations of stuff. When I uh, got married, my wife, uh, we had three uh, sudden deaths in the family. Uh, they were older. They were great aunts, grandmothers, and uh, and they left a lot of stuff. And when it comes suddenly like that, sometimes you don't know what to do with it. So you just put it in your basement. And you don't think about it. I have three sets of china in my basement, and I don't know anybody who uses china anymore, uh, if that's the right word for it. Um, It's even harder sometimes when we get to that point, especially when it's your parents' house and they moved into the nursing home or they sized down or something like that. The kids come over, and they have to decide what's going to happen. And a lot of times the kids aren't local. Um, sometimes they are, sometimes they don't, but again, they're kind of like stuck with what are we going to do with all the stuff? And it's just funny, the different kind of personalities I run to run into when I run into the kids or even the parents sometimes, um, there's always one that just says, just get a dumpster and throw it out. We don't want it. We don't need it. Nothing like that. It's not worth it. Just pitch it. It's not worth going through the hassle of trying to go through it. Um, another one wants to sell okay, I know I could sell this on Facebook or I can go on eBay or I can go on something like that and get this stuff sold. But at the end of the day, nobody wants to go through and actually go through that process to do it. Um, then there's always one. Um, more often than not, uh, there's one that has to go through every single item. And because they are the sentimental ones, you know, they remember back when they made their first trip to Disneyland or they are the ones that, uh, you know, got the, Christmas tree ornaments or, you know, here's the um, box with the dog's remains in it. Uh, I run into that one a lot, it seems like, unfortunately. Um, the number one thing I tell people, first thing you got to do is declutter. And that's where they look at me with that blank stare in their eyes like, what do you mean declutter? Sometimes when I get into a situation where the house needs to be uh, staged or whatever, sometimes it's better to empty the house out. Uh, that used to be a no-no within real estate, but uh, we have technology now that can basically virtually stage a house. The number one thing to selling a house now is pictures. And uh, if the house is empty and it's kind of blah and it's still got the 
the the green shag carpet or something like that. Um, you can actually make it look retro or make it look like something. Now, you tell everybody on the pictures that you can do it, but technology kind of helps out with that way. Um, another thing that I give them an option to do is that you can donate it. Uh, there's a lot of people, everybody needs stuff, whether it's Goodwill, whether it's Furniture Bank, or whether it's something like that. Uh, it's just a matter of putting the right people in the right situation um, to find how we can get the best use out of it. Um, one of the one of the specific things I mentioned, but it's got to be a very, very special set of circumstances, is maybe auction. Um, an auction can be such that a third-party company will come in and auction off all your stuff. Um, some companies can come in and say, this is good, this is not good. Um, this is worth donating. When it gets to that point, I have that conversation with, I want to give them that option. And today I'm going to bring in somebody who does auctions. Um, I've got uh, a guy that I've used a lot of times when I say a guy, he's got a whole company. So we're actually in the second generation uh, of the company that's auction Ohio and they give you an option. It's not right for everybody. Um, they can auction off the possessions. They can off, auction off specialty items, but they also auction off real estate. And we're going to talk about all of those things um, with uh, Brian. And when, you know, I mentioned that to somebody, somebody, sometimes they look at it like they're going to get rich from it. Um, and I try to set the bar that, hey, the idea is just to get rid of all the stuff or get rid of some of the stuff. If you make money on it, great. Don't expect anything. More often than not, they do. But I just want to set the expectation is the purpose of this is to get rid of the stuff. And you don't want to be responsible for it. The best thing about an auction is from the first day I see a house and the day the auction's over, we go from all this stuff to nothing is there. And that's what uh, certain special situations are looking for. So when we come back, I'm going to introduce, and I'm going to call him his dad one of these days because I started with his dad, gosh, 20, 30 years ago, and I run into him. But uh, Brian Davis is going to come in. We're going to talk about the special situation of auctions, and we're going to talk about everything from personal property to real estate to house cleanouts to whatever you need. Those options are available. Um. Before we go to the break, I just want to let you know that, again, if you're thinking about selling right now, talk to me now, whether it's now or whether it's next year. Uh, there's a lot of factors that are changing right now. Uh, interest rates are starting to go up, but house prices are still going up. Um, one of the things I'm seeing now is that before, when you didn't need to do any fix-ups to your house, you didn't need to do any staging, you need to do that stuff, and it takes a lot longer to prepare for that. So anyway, I just wanted to give you that heads up. Give me a call at 614-570-2853. When we come back, we'll talk to Brian. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I'm your host, Paul George. I am here with uh, Brian Davis, and he is from Auction, Ohio. 
Uh, before I uh, start with Brian, I do want to remind you, right after this show is over, this turns into a podcast. And the reason I mention that is because of, again, I've been getting a lot of calls, a lot of emails from some of my clients who are getting their, in fact, I got mine. I got a uh, mailer that gave me the new value of my home. And again, people are seeing that and thinking that their taxes are going to go up that high. But if you download my podcast and you go through and see some of the other podcasts, one of the um, later ones, I, th I think it was episode nine or so, was George Keitza. He is the Delaware County Auditor. And it will give you a good explanation of how you can uh, understand what's going on with your property taxes. So if you get a chance, go to, if you got an Apple phone, they've got a, a button on there. It's a podcast button. It's a nice little purple button. Just punch on that and you search the Paul George Real Estate Show and it'll come up and you can pick which show you want to listen to. All the subjects are there and um, use that. You can also get it on Spotify. You can go to iHeartMedia. You can go to 98.9 The Answers uh, webpage and look up my page and you can find uh, the Paul George Real Estate Show on there. So take a look at that when you get a chance. So, like I said, I am going to introduce Brian Davis. He is with Auction Ohio. And, Brian, I guess I'll just start right in. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about uh, you and what your company does and the breadth of all the different things your company does. Absolutely. Uh, Paul, thanks for having me today. Uh, pleasure to be here and be part of your show, so I appreciate that. Um, Auction Ohio, geez, um, you talked about knowing Dad for many, many years and uh, – that's all I knew growing up was the auction business. We would, um, I would call it a three ring circus, but we would get up on Saturday mornings and take items from clients home and out into the yard. We would go with it and put it on tables and, and sell it in a live auction format. And that's, that was your only option. Um, you know, today it has evolved into what most businesses have. And that is the online presence and, uh, online auctions are, they're 99% of the business that we do. Um, there's some live auctions. There's some what we would call a um, live and online simulcast. But bar none, we do online auctions for the most part. And I know one of the benefits of that is, you know, when I first, like I said, watch you do the live auctions, you have that set of people that are there. It's funny, you look down the street and there's cars parked all the way up and down the street and, you know, they're doing an auction there. Well, now not only are those people what it has it has evolved into is basically a worldwide auction is that is it, that right it has it is a um you know what you were speaking to was you would have what we would call the auction family the the buyers that would come to every auction you knew them all yeah the groupies they yeah. they would yeah. buy the five dollar hot dog and use the porter john and they would enjoy standing in someone's front yard talking about who knows what but buying we would call them the dealers but today you have you have anybody at any place in the world, and a lot of what I talk about when I talk to clients is, is you're removing the barrier. So I don't have to be at a certain place on a certain time to buy a particular asset type, whether it's a collectible, whether it's a car, whether it's a, it's a house. I can be anywhere with the online auction, um, and I don't have to be there at the, at the physical location. So like I say, when you go to the physical location, it's a – You've got an hour to buy, make up your mind, basically, or less than that, because the auction starts, and then you have to buy something, and then it's over. Mm -hmm. You have time frames, then, when you start selling personal property. Is that correct? Is that how that works? You don't just put it on for a day, or how long does that go for, I guess? When we put the catalog on our website for those items to be open for bidding, it's open, in most cases, seven days. It's a seven-day window that they can look they can see what they want to buy, decide what they want to pay for it, and continue to participate in that online auction over those seven days with a definite ending day and time that they have to get their final bids in. So we're talking about personal property, and some people think that that's like China I have down in my basement. What are some of the other things other than personal property that you've seen that you guys can do as compared to, you know, do you bunch things together? Do you... I know you have subscribers because I get that as giving me heads up on things that I'm actually, you know, I want to see baseball cards or something like that. Do you have different types of auctions, that types of thing? We do. Um, I think used to be when I was a kid that antiques and collectibles 
and, and it, not that it was, uh, not that I think it was, it was. Antiques and collectibles is what they wanted to buy. They didn't want to buy the utilitarian or the house uh, electronics. They didn't want to buy so much the furniture that was new and current. They were looking for the older items. And today it has transitioned into those, some of those antiques, some of those collectibles still have good value. But for the most part, the value on that asset type has went down significantly. And what we see being sold for more money today is some of that stuff that didn't have the value then, the the new and current furniture, the electronic TVs, the radios, the the stand mixer in the kitchen. It is when you know, kind of as you talked in that first segment is come in and we tell them, hey, these items we can sell. These items you need to probably donate. And these items I wouldn't even donate. You just need to get rid of them. And we, and its biggest struggle is as a seller is, they know what they want to keep, but then they a lot of times will look at everything else and go, I'd rather just stay here or I'd rather just throw it all away. I don't know what to do with these other items. And so we try to make it easier as we come into a client's home as if it was your client and say, hey, we can help with all of this, but you need to tell us what you want to keep, right? But then we can tell you what to sell and donate and throw away. And a lot of times that's a huge sigh of relief because they go, I don't know what to do with all of this stuff. And again, one of our jobs, and I start out, I kind of preliminarily do this to see if it is a candidate or not. And the next thing, one of the reasons I like you guys is your ability to read the room. Um, when I say that, I mean that you know you're going to get that pushback of the, you know, Ethan Allen furniture that they spent all this money on. And you've got to be the one to tell them in an empathetic way, this isn't selling anymore. But, you know, that little that little electronic device you've got up on your thing, that's probably worth something. They're going, what? <laughs> so, And I'm sure you deal with that all the time. Um, Absolutely. What are the kind of things that, um, you know, go through the process of, I guess, personal property before they get to the sale of their house? And like I said, I may refer somebody to you to see if they are a candidate. And the last time I think Paula came over and says, yeah, I think we have enough there. Uh, she marked it. Um, I think with tape or something like that. And then from there, what's the process? Yeah, absolutely. So in nine times out of 10 today, you're going to meet Paula Moulton. Uh, does a great job for us. Uh, she's our sales representative. So me and dad, we don't go out as much as we used to. And it's not because we don't want to, we actually enjoy that part, but Paula does a good job for us and it allows us to do some other things. So she has come out and she has met with the client and may just be like yourself sitting there saying, what do I do with these items? And she's given you a plan and that plan might be that we're selling it from the home. That plan might be that it's best to move it to our warehouse. Either way, we're going to then decide how to sell those items. So we've determined what needs to be donated or thrown away and we're just focused now on the, the items that are sellable. We're going to determine and we're going to sort and separate what to sell. So what might be an item that sells by itself, it might be a group of items depending on what those items are. We're then going to write a description and we're going to give them basic knowledge. And again, we try to keep in mind that these folks are never going to see a lot of these items in person physically being able to hold them or touch them. So we try to be those eyes in hands for them. And so we give them measurements, we give them condition grade. We tell them about the item, what it is, might be a model number, might be who made it. Um, and then the pictures, and then that goes into what we call our catalog. So adding that into uh, a catalog and putting it online, now the buyers can bid on those items. And of course we, we talked about that's typically a seven day time frame. And I don't want to skip over stuff. Like I said, the you guys come in and actually stage for photos. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And then you guys actually process the photos and put them on and enhance them. Um, you also put things in lots, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but mm -hmm. it's, you know, I've seen auctions where they have the one valuable item. They have three junk items or something like that. I, I don't know if junk's the right word, but uh, it's certainly not sellers. Lots of stuff, but that's one way of getting rid of lots of things that, you know, just, just happen that way. Um, what is the break? When I say breaking point, you mentioned that you may do it on site, meaning that 
you don't do the auction on site. You do it online, but people pick it up on site or people pick it up at your warehouse. They have that opportunity to do either. Is that correct? They do. Uh, and determining that is a couple factors, a value of the items that we're going to be selling. And another factor would be, is there parking for people to come into the neighborhood or to come down their driveway or in that neighborhood that there's there's space for that? We don't. What we don't want to do is say, yep, we'll we'll do this auction for you. And we're going to do it from here. And then the pickup day, which I'll get to in kind of that time frame, is then a mess. People are not having a good time picking up their items. Uh, they're not having a good experience, which is not good for the buyer or the seller. It typically leads to some headaches. Um, and to answer your question, they are called lots. So when we say lot one or lot two or lot three, that might be a couch. Um, lot two might be a table and chairs. Uh, lot three might be a piece of Roseville pottery. It just depends on what do we decide goes into that lot best. Um, but to continue down after the auction has ended online, now the buyers are going to come and pick up and pay for those items. And most of the time they've paid online before they ever get to that pickup day. And they pick up their items. And we always suggest to have movers if it's done from in the home. So if we're going that route and we have the items being picked up from the home of the client instead of our warehouse, we have professional movers that move the furniture safely out of the home to keep the home safe, obviously, so that they can then sell the home in the next step and they don't have to worry about repairing so much of the home to get to that point. But the items have been picked up, they've been paid for, and then we, we settle with the client. Yeah, because I've seen situations where they've the pickup's there and sometimes they don't pick stuff up. And I'm thinking like, okay, now what do we do with the stuff? Well, at the end of the day, you just told me they've already paid for it. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that's nice about technology and things like that is <clears throat> if you do a lot, they may only want that one thing. They leave the other things there and then you guys will be responsible for just cleaning that up and just either donating it or trashing it or whatever. Is that correct? It, it depends on what's remaining. Yeah. So if it ends up being a box full of items, typically the client's going to go, I'm I'm not hiring you to, to move a box full of items for me. Yeah. I can handle that, right? But we don't. what I always say is we're not going to leave you high and dry. We're not going to say, sorry, we can't help. So you do have that couch. You do have that table and chairs. You do have a dresser. And you go, I can't move it. I don't know what to do with it. I need it out of the house. We're going to help you. But sometimes that's at no cost. Sometimes there might be a little bit of cost to do that. But it's it's us seeing you all the way through to the end. We we want to be helpful, right? We don't want to be hurtful in this process. And I can vouch. I've, In fact, later I'll go through an experience I just had. You may not even know about it. But uh, uh, I had a client who lives out of the country. And they had to get rid of all their stuff. And we ran into a situation where you guys were extremely helpful when we didn't expect it. And again, at the end of the day, it's not about how much or whatever. It's just about, we need this out of here. Uh, and again, everybody needs to get compensated, but it's not, it's not about that. It's more about, okay, what do we need to do kind of things? Uh, just to take a step back when, you know, I'm selling my stuff out of my house, you're putting it online, you're in whatever catalog it is. Do you sell it by the house or do you sell it by, can you mix my stuff with somebody else's stuff if it's a similar item? How does that work? If we go the avenue of selling it from the home, well, yeah, <laughs> we're not selling it in the warehouse setting, then we only do one client at a time, right? Now, what might be an exception is we might be dealing with an estate. Someone has passed away, and now we need to identify within that estate some different sellers, right? One One person might say, hey, I was given to this. I was given this item to me in the will, but I don't want it. I'm going to sell it. We label that as that seller, right? The general estate is then named as a seller. And there might be somebody else in the family that says, hey, I want to sell some items also. They might take advantage of that scenario. But for the most part, when we're selling it from the home, it's it's one client, and they all, all of their items in that one sale. If we're selling it from the warehouse and we're taking in smaller groups of items, is typically the case then we might have three or four clients in one sale because we needed to build a sale because one client didn't have quite enough to build an auction. We, we used a couple different clients to put all of their items together. We kind of interview clients to see if they, I don't know if stomach's the right word for it or not, but when somebody sells um, their contents, what's the starting price on the auction? Starting price is always a dollar. And um, I've seen sellers look at that going like, wait a minute, this is worth so much, but tell me why that is the best option. 
it really comes down to doing the best job we can do for the seller. And they don't understand it right away in most cases. But when I explain that we want the buyers engaged and the way that we keep the buyers engaged on our website is they know when an item is put up for sale, with a few exceptions, bankruptcy court's a little bit different. There's some terms that we have to follow according to some judgments. But for the most part, when we're putting clients' items up for sale, they're starting at a dollar and the buyer's engaged because they know if they bid the most, they're willing to pay the most money, they're going to win that item. And that keeps them coming back time and time again. And that keeps them spending their money to the tune of six to $800,000 a month they're spending on our site on average. It's a great marketplace. It doesn't just sell for a dollar. Now, it might be only be worth a dollar. That could happen. <laughs> but if it's not worth a dollar, if it's safe, it's worth a thousand, it always brings what it's truly worth. It always does. Well, and I think that's the definition of an auction. As long as you have enough bidders and real quick, how many, I, I talked about a subscription. You got people that are on that website all the time. Do you have any idea how many emails, how, how long your list is of people that we're at about, about 135,000 users, and on, <laughs> on any given time frame, we have about 800 to 1,000 users on our website at any given time. Uh, I had no idea it was that many. So, yeah, you're going to get the full market there. Hey, if you guys want a little more of this, email me at paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com because I put out a blog about twice a month or so. So let me know if you want some more of that content. We'll be right back with Brian. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I am here with uh, Brian Davis from Auction Ohio, and we were talking about the process of auctions, and we've only talked about the uh, content auction so far, but they do a lot of other things. One of the things I want to make sure that people understand is that you don't just do hard stuff. Uh, you do some fun stuff, too, Some a lot, a lot of charity work. And I think that's where I first ran into your dad because my family, my relatives are very involved in St. Jude's. And they always have a Discover the Dream thing where they auction off highfalutin stuff. I mean, I've seen them raise over a million dollars. Um, and your dad just kind of um, really perpetuates the money coming out of that. And that's, that's the job of an auctioneer, but it's even funner at um, charity events. It's funny because uh, I mentioned to Brian this morning at one of our meetings, we have a meeting coming up next week where we do, we auction off baked items and we give it to a local charity. Um, I think it's for pal next week is if I'm not mistaken. Yep. yep. So he, I'm going to pay a hundred dollars for an apple pie. I think that's what he usually does. So um, one of the other things that I like to do, Brian, is try to get to know some of these, some of my guests on a little different level. So I try to do that through a couple of questions and real quick question for you. If you could learn any skill, uh, instantly that you don't already have, what would that be? Oh, wow. Oh. Any skill instantly that I don't already have, um, I mean, I can go anywhere with this. Yeah, anywhere. Any skill. Uh, you know, I, I think I would love to know where the market's going to go or the the ending of a sports game. I really feel I could benefit myself greatly in those areas. It's called Back to the Future, you know, <laughs> Biff or whatever <laughs> oh, yeah. that was. Yeah. Um, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, a little bit extreme. But, you know, I think instantly – if I were, if you know, if I had the ability that what I don't know would probably, you know, I, I learned a lot as a kid how to work on engines and cars and those type of things, but didn't learn a lot about working on homes. And so, hmm. and if I could learn that instantly and know how the the makings of a house works, um, that'd be kind of interesting, I think. And I mentioned this a couple of times ago, we had the head of the BIA, the Building Industry Association, and that was one of his. He said, I wouldn't know what to do with a hammer. And that's one of the things I wish I could learn how to do. So absolutely. anyway, let's get back to talking about auctions. There's a lot more to it, but I want to ask you a couple of uh, fun things. Um, can you remember, I guess, the most unique things that you guys have auctioned off? Give you a few examples. So 
I was a kid. I was probably 13 or 14 years old, and we had a, a pern, which was sterling, solid sterling silver. A what? An a pern. What so it? it was, the way that I would describe it was, it was a statue of a lady, and it was the measure and scale. So it had two sides to it where you could um, measure weight. Um, and I don't know that they, I couldn't tell you that they actually used it for those purposes, other than it might have just been a decorative piece. Um, but it was solid sterling silver, and we ended up selling that piece uh, to a gentleman out of New York who bought it, and we shipped it to him. Um, another item that we sold when I was probably 17, 18 years old uh, was a um, what we would call a grandfather or a grandmother clock, um, and I and I don't know that that's probably it's probably what it would really be called there in Europe, but it ended up selling for twenty two thousand dollars, and we had shipped it across the pond to Europe. Uh, it cost that much to ship it. Jeez uh, Louise! I, I'm not sure. It'd be, but, but it was exciting. That was those are a couple of exciting items. And then as of recently, um, you know, you talk about we sell real estate sometimes, and there was a an attorney that had dad come to a home, and just north of Linworth, and uh, was walking through the house. It was distressed, and said, "You know, what do you think of the house?" And dad opens the garage, and there's two Mustangs sitting in the in the garage. Uh oh! And uh, he said, "Well." you know, tell me about these. He said, well, these need to sell also. He said, you know, after looking at them and doing some research, he said, I think the cars are worth more than the house. <laughs> um, so the, the one car sold for $66,000 and the other car sold for $130,000. Um, both one owner cars from the late sixties, early seventies, both Mustangs. One was a NASCAR pace car. Um, and the other one, we had all of the records from 1970, everything that had been done to it, but all original, just phenomenal cars. So wow. some interesting things. What, you know, one of the things that people are always surprised at is, um, you know, I can't believe this thing didn't sell for more. But on the other hand, what's one of the biggest surprises that you guys have run into something that you and I would look at and say, what well, this ain't worth nothing. And next thing you know, it goes up into goofy figures. What is that? Well, something like and, that. and I think to answer your first question, a lot of times we have sentimental value we put on items or yeah. grandma or grandpa or mom or dad had told us, you know, when you sell this someday, make sure it brings a lot of money because it's worth a lot of money. Well, it probably was then, but today it's not. And that happens a lot. And then the surprising items, and they, they happen almost every day, um, but I can tell you, you know, talking earlier about antiques and collectibles not being worth as much as they used to be worth, we had an auction that had some antiques in it, and we had a lot of antique syrup containers. And these antique syrup containers were bringing, on average, 800 to $900 a piece. Oh, my. And you and me <laughs> would probably look at them being, and you'd find them probably in the cupboard or, um, you know, mom or grandma might have had them in the, you know, the China Hutch. But you'd look at them and go, I can't, can't imagine this being worth maybe twenty or thirty bucks. But they were bringing eight hundred on average. Some of them were bringing twelve and thirteen hundred dollars for antique syrup dispensers. So just kind of some of these things just surprise you a little bit. Well, and, and I can't tell you how many times I walk into a house and they have the 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 Wheaties boxes from you know all the Olympic athletes and things like that, and they think that's the retirement, and then. They say, oh, what's that up there? And that's a, a ceramic rooster, and that ceramic rooster goes for more than all these Wheaties boxes and that oh, kind of thing. And I'm yeah. sure you got a million stories like that. Oh, yeah. Beanie uh -huh. Babies, Boyd's Bears, yeah. Longburger. Uh -huh. Timing is everything, too, as well, I'm sure. It so, is. like you said, things go in and out of uh, in and out of trends a little bit. Um, one of the things we talked about um, was that, and I've been involved in this, is real estate auctions. And I just, it wasn't yours. It was somebody else's who I had a bidder for. And one of the strategies I've learned, well, why don't you tell me what, if you were a buyer going to a uh, auction on real estate, what would be your strategy if you saw 50 people standing there? This is a live auction on a piece of property. This was six acres with a very, very distressed house, but the acreage is in a desirable area. Um, it's funny because when we went to look at it and I've seen this a million times, you'll see families thinking that there's going to be a deal because the auction was a dollar. It starts at that. Um, and then 
you know, all kinds of families with kids and things. And I'm looking at them like, how are you going to fix this house up? And then you see the guys walking around with their clipboards and their pencils in their ears and things like that. Uh, and then you see the guys in the coat and ties. And it's like, okay. Now, if I was going to an auction and I saw those all those people standing there, you know, one of the things I told my guy is you can clear out a lot of people if you start at a reasonable price. Tell me how that works and maybe some strategies you might you might have for that. Well, we are uh, – I would start with – we are a big proponent in buyers being represented by real estate agents at auction. Good answer. <laughs> um, and, 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 it, and it really comes down to that. And, you know, being in real estate, there is a there is a, a higher calling to be ethical. But I can promise you when a real estate agent goes and looks on the MLS and sees that they're not getting paid very much to represent a client, it's hard for that real estate agent to get excited about working, although it's our job to. But – Outside of that, us seeing the importance of a real estate agent being there for the buyer, seeing the importance is because they have a reliable source that knows the market and can tell them what's too much and what's too little. When I'm a buyer and I'm going to a real estate auction and I'm, I know that I'm going to be there and my emotions is going to play a little bit on this because I, I got excited about the property. I'm excited about the opportunity and that's, that's good. But if you don't have a solid grounding of an agent standing beside you letting you know where you should or shouldn't be, it can be overwhelming. And I think your strategy is probably a great strategy, and that is when you are there and there's 50 other people standing there, A, understand all 50 of them are not bidding, right? So you might have half of them there that are actually interested in buying the property, and you might actually have a half of those that are actually going to bid, but if you're able to come out and know exactly what the property is worth and come out with an offer that's not that, but, you know, respectable, and having that agent there with you is going to be a big help in that, knowing what that is, then I think you're able to establish yourself as a buyer a little bit different in that setting other than if you're just going along with where the bids are at currently. So a good opening bid is probably a great strategy. Well. And I kind of jumped the gun a little bit when we did that. I want you to actually walk me through. I've, I've got a client who I go into their house and um, let's say it, 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 it was mom and dad's house. The owner now lives in California. I walk in the house. It's filled with stuff. And, you know, the basement's wet. Um, you got some electrical issues. It's beyond repair. And I said, this might be a candidate for an auction. And he says, that's great because I don't need the money. I just want to get rid of it. I want to go through this. And what's the best way to go about it? And I said, one of your options is an auction. And now every auction company is different. But then I would turn it over to you and say, here's what I think. Tell me the next steps when I refer somebody to you. Absolutely. So we're going to leave as far as commissions and those things alone. This is not the place to talk about those things. But I think when you talk about an auction – and you talk about the advantages of having an auction, then you're going to look at, as you said, what makes this a good candidate. And the house is one of those things. The client's another, and price is a third. And that's a, a lot of the things that we look at are those three main factors. And the, in the, in the piece of real estate it might not be a house. It might be farmland. Um, it could be a commercial building. Um, you know, recently sold 30 apartment comp, a 30-unit apartment complex at auction. But it has to be... As far as the property is concerned, it, it's, it's probably not going to be a, a property in perfect condition. It's probably not going to be a property that you would walk in and say, oh, wow, there's nothing wrong with it. You, you want, and Dad always said, uglier the better, but you want there to be some issues. You want there to be some things that need to be fixed because that then plays a role on what does the buyer determine the value is worth. And if you had 10 buyers standing in front of you looking at subject property, all 10 of them are going to have a different idea of what that property is worth based on what needs to be done to it. And a lot of times when you try to comp that property to try to figure out what the value is worth, it's hard to comp that property because you're looking at other property that's ready to move into and ready to ready to be sold on the marketplace. So the auction really comes down to that secret sauce, if you want to call it, the minimum bid that we use. And we don't use a dollar in most cases. We're using a two-thirds typically in most cases of the value of the property. But that minimum bid generates excitement, and now that gets the buyers to the subject property, and it gets their mind moving in the direction of 
what do I want to pay based on what I feel I have to do to the property to make it whole? And and that's exciting. And then as far as real quickly on the other two, the right seller and the right price kind of go in the same hand in hand. But the seller has to understand that the buyer is going to tell them what the value of the property is. I'm not. You're not. They're not buying it. Right. So getting the buyers there is going to ultimately tell them what the property is worth. And they they have to be comfortable with that at the beginning. Right. I don't want to move forward if they're not. Well, and that's one of my biggest challenges because I don't care who the seller is, whether it's the kid from out of the, out of state and says, I don't need the money. If you tell them that, hey, we need to start the price at this, their first reaction is, what are you thinking? And I've seen it a million times. I think the last one we did was uh, we started out at that and it created so much momentum that it sold for a heck of a lot more than I would have sold it for on the multiple listing just because of when people get that emotion going and things like that, it's kind of like, okay. And that's what you're doing for the seller. Here's what's best for you. And at the end of the day, you're done. I mean, within 30 days or less, it's pretty much gone. Um, walk me through, okay, I'm the winning, winning bidder on something. What's the contract look like? What is there any contingencies on it? Is there any protections for a buyer, for a seller? What is that? So on the seller side of this, and I know we're coming up on a break, so just to be brief, we're we're looking at for the seller that there are no contingencies. There is a large earnest money deposit. And earnest money just tells us that the buyer has cash and that they're willing to put that cash down, telling us that they are going to close in 30 days. They're not going to walk away from this. And that there are no contingencies, which means in normal real estate, they can ask for an inspection period. They can ask for remedy. They can ask for a financing contingency. All of those things are not in that contract. So when the buyer signs that purchase contract, they know that they've put a large amount of money down and that there's no spot in that deal to back out. So that gives the the seller confidence knowing that we have the right buyer, that we didn't just waste our time. And we know we got the most that it's worth. And I think I don't think you use the words, but I'm going to use them as is. Is that yes, correct? absolutely. As is. You see it, you touch it, you feel it. You can't have an inspector come in and say... As a percentage, how many land auctions or property auctions would you say people get a loan as compared to paying cash? It's about half and half, I would say. But those buyers also understand if their loan were to fail, if it didn't go through as it was supposed to, they know they got to bring cash to closing. So they might have a different avenue. They might try to finance it, but they know ultimately if that doesn't work and it fails, they're going to bring cash to closing. Well, and... Again, that should give a seller some peace of mind that it's going to be done. As we head to the uh, break, I don't want you to forget about our Facebook page. Go to, uh, gosh, it's Paul George Real Estate Show. And I got my own personal page that I always have on there, too, and that's what I always get confused with. We're also on Twitter at the Paul George George Group, and you can always look up the Paul George Show. We will be right back. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, they're expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's paulgeorgerealestate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Again, I am here with Brian Davis from Auction, Ohio. And we're just having a nice conversation about one of the options when selling your house, whether it's your contents, whether it's your house, whether it's anything. Um, I've seen many a times, Brian, where um, you guys go to 
gosh, I think the last one I was at it was an on-site one, and it was at a farm where there was just a lot of stuff between the stuff in the house, the stuff out in the barn, uh, and the family's just standing there like, yep, yeah, great. And a lot of times if they were my clients, I have them walk away. I don't like them to be at an auction <laughs> because of, again, they go through those emotions of, I can't believe this sold for so little, and then they go through the emotion of, they paid how much for that piece of junk? You know, that's, you never know what the, uh, the, uh, option is. So, um, my tip of the week is kind of going through what we're talking about right now. If you have a situation that is not your traditional home selling situation and, you know, I kind of, the last couple of years, it seems like the real estate market almost became an auction. When you get 10, 20 people bidding on a house, that's pretty much an auction. And by the end of the day, the best one probably was paying over list price, um, probably may not have done an inspection. If they did, they didn't ask for anything. Um, but, you know, all those things that were, were getting away with before, they ain't happening now. So we're back into, I won't say it's a buyer's market because there's just not enough houses there. But, you know, we are seeing uh, little cracks in the, in the armor here a little bit. As of last month, it was the first month in I don't know how many that the selling price of homes was actually less than 100% of asking price. It's the first time. The average is about 98%, and that just came out today um, for last month. So there's some hope in there. Even though prices are going up 6 7% a year, The you don't have to pay list price for it as much anymore. Every situation is different, of course. Brian, I did want to – I mentioned before about uh, my last content auction I had was um, – my client had a pretty good size house in um, uh, in a country club community, so they had a lot of contents in there. And like I said, they live in England. They were, you know, an English couple who had me over for the first time, and you know, Paul, uh, you know, they were getting to know me. I don't do a very good English accent, but they were very just. Oh, you don't drink tea? Ah, oh. let's watch some football. And they had football on the, and it was, you know, soccer, of course. Um, so we sat there and their biggest consternation was we have all of this stuff and it makes absolutely no sense for us to ship it back to England. Um, they've been there for, gosh, 15 years. He was a contracted work with Rolls Royce. Uh, they used to have a plant up in Marion, I think he said. Um, and he liked it so much he vacationed here. He would come back even after he retired and kept the house. And once COVID came and some of his health issues, he said it was okay, it's time. My kids don't want me to sell, but I just never heard of anybody wanting to vacation in Columbus, Ohio. But uh, I, he said, okay, go ahead and, you know, and within my industry, we always know that first-time homebuyer couple who needs a washer and dryer or something like that, so we can sell it for him. But at the end of the day, he still had a house full of contents that we had to get rid of. So I gave Brian a call, and he had Paula come out and assess it and said, yeah, it's probably worthwhile to do an on-site kind of thing. He said, we'll have the photographers come over. We'll do this and this and that. Um, and in the meantime, I sold the house and we had adjusted the timing so they would come and pick it up the day before. Um, so, you know, the lady who bought it was not your typical buyer. She, you know, she says, when I get a house, I get the keys, that kind of thing. So we, the house was empty. So we said we can accommodate that. But anyway, the auction, she, ended up demanding that we close a day earlier. So the day people were supposed to pick it up, um, she said, no, I don't want all these people in my house. So I gave Brian a call and gave Paula a call, and they said, I don't know if we can do this. So what happened was is that they, you got one of your big trucks, and you contacted everybody who bid on the auction stuff, and you had them come to your warehouse, which, by the way, I went by your warehouse yesterday, and I couldn't get in because they had all this yellow tape there. They must be doing something to it over there. Um, but I just want to go and let you know that it was, you know, we talk about it's cut and dry that you get things done. Sometimes you got to be nimble and be able to adjust to certain situations. They came over and took every bed down. They took, uh, gosh, this big desk down that was, you know, needed special tools and everything. They know how to do it. And that's one of the things you guys are good at is that you can be adjustable to whatever needs needs to be my guy didn't he didn't want any money for anything i don't know if he even got anything but at the end of the day uh, he just wanted it out of there and that's what i have to do to let people know that we have that available to us 
if you need that situation or you need the household three months from now or you need we can adjust to those kind of things that's why again you get an agent i want to say a seasoned agent like myself we have those situations we have those experiences where we can come and say this is available to you and i kind of talked about reading the room i just listed a house today where um, the couple was i've talked to him for two years and i said these guys are never going to sell and they found a condominium on their own friends of a friend of a friend kind of thing and within two days it's like get on over here we need to sell our house and i was able to do that i got the picture set up for yesterday we got it online it's going to be there we're doing an open house by the way i'll do a commercial um Highland Lakes on Heritage Drive. Uh, you'll see a nice four-bedroom, three-bath house. It sits on a ravine lot. It's a one-of-a-kind house. Uh, so come out on Sunday from 2 to 4. And if you guys are, you know, understanding that you need somebody that's been in the business a long time, um, give me a call or give some season agents a call. Before I go, before we end, Brian, how do people get a hold of you guys? Um. Probably the best way. Probably the easiest way is um, you're going to go to the website and you're going to find a contact us. Um, you're going to find all of our information there, um, auctionohio.com. And uh, office number is uh, 614-846-3300. And you are there as well as your dad, but you have a whole staff of people, if I'm not mistaken, right? We do. They do a great job. Um, you know, just listening to what the story you just gave, it, it, it makes me happy to know you know, our, our job, our focus is to serve folks. So you call in, we're going to want to help. Well, I appreciate you being here. And um, next week, I have a writer for Business First. And she is going to keep us up to date on housing downtown, some of the new projects downtown. And because we've got such a vibrant area, I'm going to, she's very good at uh, knowing a lot about, a little about a lot of things. This has been the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. Tune in next week for an all-new episode of the Paul George Real Estate Show. And follow Paul online at paulgeorgerealestate.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.